Hey, it's NPR's Book of the Day. I'm Tim Bidermias. For diehard fans of The Office, Rain Wilson needs no introduction. The actor was a breakout star of the series, known for bringing the character of Dwight Schrute to life. But he's also a man in search of answers, which brings us to his new book, Soul Boom, Why We Need a Spiritual Revolution. In it, he takes on the lofty subject of faith and the role it plays in our lives. And he recently discussed it and what he hopes readers take away from his journey with NPR's Rachel Martin. This message comes from NPR sponsor, BetterHelp. When you keep your stress bottled up, it can eat away at you. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to make them better. Try BetterHelp Online Therapy, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp at BetterHelp.com NPR today to get 10% off your first month. This message comes from The New Yorker. What makes a short story work? Explore the minds of writers like Otessa Moshfag and George Saunders on the New Yorker Fiction Podcast to find out. Listen to the New Yorker Fiction Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. The real reason Rain Wilson wrote a book about a spiritual revolution is because he's a true optimist. He believes that poverty, climate change, racism, injustice, all of these are issues that he believes demand a spiritual solution. He's been convinced of this since he was a young man. For a time, he fell away from the Baha'i faith of his family, but when he suffered from some serious mental health problems, he found solace in his faith. But when he was in his 20s, living in New York, struggling to make it as an actor, being the God guy in that particular scene was tough. It's so not cool to be religious. <laughs> it is, and, and it's so funny because I've always identified as being a dork and a misfit and an outsider. Maybe that's why I played Dwight so effectively, apparently. But yes, you're absolutely right. I rejected anything and everything to do with religion and faith and spirituality when I was in my 20s. And well, then things just started to break down for me. And it led me back on a spiritual quest where I was like, you know, maybe I lost something by getting rid of anything and everything to do with spirituality. Maybe maybe there's some answer there. You described talking to friends in this time about what they thought about a higher power, and you were not satisfied with their answers. What were they telling you? Yeah, so the very first question that I pondered as I was on this journey was, is there a God? And I had to really ponder that very, very deeply because I didn't believe in the God that I grew up with, and I didn't believe in the God that society was presenting. So I would ask my friends, hey, do you believe in God? Which is... <laughs> great way. Good a great conversation. Parties, Rain Wilson. <laughs> I would go to parties and be like, hey, do you believe in God? And people would gulp and turn ashen Where's and the, the other direction. Yeah. <laughs> uh, check, please. But almost to a person, my artist friends would say, well, I certainly don't believe in an old man on a cloud, you know, with an agenda scowling down at us. I believe that there's something more out there. But that wasn't enough for me. I was like, wait a second. So, there either is a God or there's not. It's like you wrote, being pregnant. The existence of, yeah, I'm, I'm taking the words out of your mouth. The existence of God is like being pregnant. It is or it isn't. You can't be kind of pregnant, which I get having been pregnant. You're it or you're not. But do you really not think there's a gradation? Like you're so sure that there is God? Oh, um, yeah, sure is not the word. Um, I know there's a God. 
It's not a faith thing. God is as real to me as my body is, as my rapidly decaying body. <laughs> I stand in awe of your assuredness as someone who myself is is seeking some kind of um, intention in the randomness of life. But how do you know it's not all just random? How do I know? I know that I love. I know that I love my wife. I know that I love my son. I know that I love my father who passed away a few years back. And forgive me for for tearing up on the radio. It's a terrible place to tear up on. Um, It's the best because we can't see you. uh, My experience of love is far deeper and more profound than that. So that's the first step in knowing that there is a creative force in the universe is I know that there is love. I also know that there is beauty. I also know that there is art and there is music and all of these things that are ineffable and transcendent are footprints. They're, they're handholds on the path to finding the great mystery. You write that sacredness is a condition. If sacredness is a condition, how does that manifest for you in a daily way? There has been a profound loss of the sacred in contemporary Western civilization. Nothing is sacred anymore. And I think sacredness and holiness is part of the conversation that we need to have um, collectively. We can certainly experience it in nature. And for religious people, we can experience it in holy sites. But how can we nurture the sacred as a condition in our hearts that we can carry with us so that a conversation like we're having can be sacred. To sacralize more aspects of our life uh, is something that would greatly benefit us on both a personal level and on a larger level. To see sacredness in the everyday, like we were talking about, means purging yourself of cynicism, doesn't it? Which is sort of the social currency of the moment, it seems. Yeah, I um, was fortunate as an actor to study with the great acting teacher, Andre Gregory, and he would meet with the students, and I had tea with him once, and he said, how are you doing, Rain? And I said, you know, Andre, I'm just feeling so cynical. I'm feeling pessimistic. The world is a pile of crap, and it's getting worse, and I'll never forget this experience. He grabbed my arm. I mean, even back then, he was like 80 years old. Now he's like 110. He grabbed my arm like a vice and he looked into my eyes and he said, stop it. Don't do it. Don't be cynical. If you're cynical, they win. You have to keep hope alive. And that was transformative. And I realized fostering hope and fostering joy in others is maybe our highest spiritual calling that we can do. And that is a key pillar to the spiritual revolution. Rain Wilson, his new book is called Soul Boom, Why We Need a Spiritual Revolution. Thank you so much for talking with me. 
Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Acorn TV. Acorn TV is brilliant television told brilliantly. From charmingly cozy mysteries to daringly dark dramas. Visit acorn.tv for a 30-day free trial with promo code NPR. Acorn TV. Brilliant. Support for NPR and the following message come from IXL Learning. IXL Learning uses advanced algorithms to give the right help to each kid, no matter the age or personality. Get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when you sign up today at IXL.com NPR. All that sitting and swiping, your body is adapting to your technology. Learn how and what you can do about it. I really felt like the cloud in my brain kind of dissipated. Once I started realizing what a difference these little bricks were making, there's no turning back for me. Take NPR's Body Electric Challenge. Listen to the series wherever you get your podcasts.